G'day, I'm Shane. Welcome to another episode of Adventures on the Road. Proudly partnered by On the Road magazine. Catch the new July edition out now. This episode is sponsored by Coffee for One. A great product brought to you by a family company, EasyCaf Solutions. This product is great for any traveller who loves real coffee without the hassle. Now let's get on the road and find out a bit more about Coffee for One. Well, good morning, Penny, and welcome to Adventures on the Road podcast. Hi, Shane. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. What about yourself? I'm also doing great. I am um, sipping on my cup of coffee here and just um, enjoying the sun out on my balcony. So, yeah, it's a pretty good day. All righty. So tell us a little about your journey with Easy Calf Solutions. Yeah, sure. So Easy Cap Solutions was um, a business started by my dad, Stuart Benjamin, back in 2007. Dad had a love uh, for coffee um, and especially filter coffee, which he was introduced to by um, my mother. So my mother's European and he was yeah introduced to filter coffee through mum, and he had come across a really nifty little coffee-for-one device um, that made such a really simple and delicious cup of filter coffee just for one serve. And he was trying to find another one around Australia, and he couldn't find one anywhere. And so he got onto the the manufacturers in Switzerland, and they said, oh, well, yeah, our Australian distributor is not working for us anymore, so we're after a new one. And so Dad decided he was going to take that business on and distribute this really cool coffee for one gold filter product. Okay. Why the gold filter? So gold is actually, it's um, inert. So basically if you can imagine, you know, your your old school percolator type filters where they use paper filters or even something more modern like your Chemex or your V60 and things like that, they use paper filters. In the coffee for one, we actually have a permanent filter which is 23 karat gold plated and so you don't need any paper filters at all and the reason we use the gold plating is that it's inert so it doesn't actually impart any flavor onto the coffee and also in the reverse it doesn't extract any of the coffee colloids so it doesn't hold anything back and everything actually gets through into the cup which basically just means that you have a superior tasting cup of coffee okay so there's there's more than one use for gold and it's adding value to your coffee. That's right. Yeah, and it's also um, it's meaning that you, you're, it's, you, you've got a waste-free uh, way of making the coffee as well. So you're not having to buy paper filters all the time. You just have the one piece of apparatus and you don't need to keep replacing the paper filters or anything. Okay, well, you were good enough to actually send me one of the coffee for one products and I I used it and I mean I love my coffee too but I was just blown away at how much better it was really uh, than shall I use that horrible word instant coffee oh gosh (laughs) and it's such a simple process I mean yeah I've I've got a uh, coffee machine sitting in the corner but I tell you what it's not going to get used much now because I've got this coffee for one it's fantastic Oh, I'm so pleased, Shane. That's really good to hear. I I often hear like feedback like this about the filter, and they 
people kind of look at it to start with and they're like, oh, I don't know, and then they try it and they're like, oh, my gosh, I've, A, never had a simpler cup of coffee and, B, it's never tasted so good. So, yeah. It, yeah, I agree. The, the taste is just superb. And, and the beauty of it is you, you can basically put any kind of blend that, that you prefer through through this. It, it's not limited to only being used with any particular type of coffee bean, obviously as long as it's it's ground up. And, I mean, that's that's one of the things too is the, the texture or the, or the type of ground that, that you do can vary, can't it? That's right, yeah. So with the, um, the gold coffee for one, we recommend you use a medium grind. So you, if you normally buy espresso ground beans, it's a little bit too fine and in our filter um, it can mean that the water gets a bit stuck um, in the beans. So you want like more of a medium grind. And, I mean, I think it's great for especially people who are travelling because it's so lightweight. But then you also get to try like the local beans from when you're travelling. So like if you're, especially in Australia now, we've got so many amazing uh, specialty coffee roasters around Australia. So as you travel around Australia, you can stop into your local roaster, pick up a really delicious roast, have them grind it for you to a medium grind, and then you can just enjoy that on your filter. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you brought up the idea of travelling because obviously Adventures on the Road podcast, we're all about caravanning and camping. And look, it's ideal for anyone who's travelling around on the road around Australia, camping or caravanning, because it's, it's compact, lightweight, yeah. Um, it's virtually unbreakable and, you know, it takes up so little room, unlike a lot of the other coffee plungers and that sort of thing. And quite often they're made of glass. So, you know, you've got to make sure that you pack it properly. This, I mean, can just sit in the cupboard and you can have your perfect coffee anytime you want it. Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's the way I look at it as well. And, and it'll last you ages as well. So, I mean, I know you've only had yours now for a few weeks, Shane, but I've had mine for probably about five years and it's still going strong um you know for that initial however much i spent on it 30 dollars or so it was just yeah it's just such great value for money that that's funny that was going to be my next question was you oh, know, really? the longevity of it simply because well mine's been getting an absolute hiding since i got <laughs> it um i've had to go out and buy some more coffee um <laughs> it, it's just a simple great little product and look you know, I, I can't stress strong enough to anybody, to our listeners out there, you know, if, if you enjoy coffee and you want to get away from that instant stuff, this is definitely the way to go. But there's something else about this product which I think is, is good, and that is that it's great for the environment as well, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, from that waste-free nature of it, so you don't need to be um, using the paper filters all the time. So you're basically the only waste you're really generating is the ground coffee and and even from that point of view I mean, if you if you're going if you know somewhere that does a lot of composting and things like that um you can use the ground coffee in um, your garden fertilizer for acid loving plants um or if you're like me i live in an apartment i actually just keep my coffee grinds and i make a really lovely coffee body scrub um and i use it for myself and i also give it out as gifts which is something really cool but yeah it's a coffee Body scrub. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Have you ever done a body scrub, Shane? Um, <clears throat> no, I haven't, Penny. <laughs> tell me, hang on. Tell me a little bit more about this. Oh, it's 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 basically uh, something you might do once a week or so. It's a exfoliate skin exfoliation. So, if you've ever seen any of those exfoliating scrubs or anything like that, 
it's yeah it just helps get all the dead skin cells off and you basically scrub yourself down but I make like a with the ground coffee and some um, Epsom salts and some sugar and maybe some like coconut oil and it becomes a nice little mixture and then you can scrub it all over your skin and and coffee is um, supposed to be quite good for your skin as well so there you go Oh wow! So, so not only am I going to have a good cup of coffee when I'm on the road in the caravan, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to be able to once a week treat my body to a bit of a rub down. That's right. It feels so good, especially if you get someone else to rub your back as well, because it's always so hard to reach your own back. But um, but yeah, I'll I'll have to ask my wife very nicely then in that case, <laughs> won't I? Yes, I, yes. I see. I'd scratch her back, and then she could scratch mine. That's how it works, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, obviously, anybody wanting to get one of these, they would go to your website, which is it's just Easy Calf Solutions. So e z i c a f solutions dot com dot au. Um, and I've actually put together a little um, discount code for the Adventures on the Road podcast listeners. So, if they want to purchase Coffee for One Gold filter or anything from our online store. Um, when they get to check out, they can enter the code AOTR10. So AOTR10. Excellent. For 10% off. And yeah, so they can get started on their um, gold coffee adventure. Sounds great. Well, Penny, I want to thank you for your time and I want to thank you for introducing me to Coffee for One. I'm sure as I'm travelling around, when I make people a, co- a coffee from now on, they're going to go, gee, that's really nice. Where did you, you get that instant coffee? I'm going to tell them it's not instant coffee, it's the Ridgy Ditch, and I'll be able to show them how simple and easy it is to have a great coffee, even when you're camping and caravanning and trying to keep your weight and size of gear that you carry around because it just, it almost fits in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. All right, well, thanks again, Penny. Hope to catch you again soon. Awesome. Thanks so much, Shane. Again, thanks to Coffee for One for offering you guys all 10% discount at the checkout with the code AOTR10. Go to easycafsolutions.com. Now let's talk thermal cooking with Alan from Thermal Cookware. G'day Alan, how are you today? Not too bad Shane, how's yourself? Yeah, not bad at all. So tell us a little bit about this Shuttle Chef. The Shuttle Chef is a uh, a thermal cooking device. Um, The Thermos company back in 1908 developed a cooker Um, using the principle of the thermos, in other words, retained heat cooking. Um, They've been using these for for well over 100 years now. The very first railway travel in Australia, the first um, aeroplane, even Qantas, used to use um, thermoses like this that had a hot meal inside, and it would not only retain the heat for as long as they required it for to be able to serve the meal, but it would actually cook the food for them. So they didn't have to fully cook the food. All you need to do at any stage is get your ingredients up to that boiling point, up to that 100-degree mark, and then the saucepan goes inside the shuttle chef, which, in fact, is a large thermos flask, all stainless steel and vacuum-insulated. Now, being a thermos flask, it's only losing about 3 degrees per hour. So, in other words, it's going to stay hot enough for long enough to cook any meal. So you're not trying to cook your meal. You're just trying to create that initial heat, put it inside the thermos, and allow the thermos to do the cooking for you. But the most wonderful thing about it, because the temperature is only going down 
and not going back up again, certain ingredients will stop cooking as the temperature drops. So things like your carbohydrates, vegetables and rice, they need a boiling point to cook. So even though I brought everything up to the boil, the moment it goes into the shuttle chef, my temperature is now starting to slowly drop. When it gets to about 90 degrees, the carbohydrate side of that meal will stop cooking. It'll stay hot all day, but you'll never get gluggy rice or overcooked stewed vegetables. But on the other hand, your proteins, any protein, will continue to cook. So your meats continue to become more tender. Your gravy beef um, develops more flavor. Your silver side falls apart. Lamb shanks come off the bone. But the vegetable part of the meal retains its shape, color, texture, and taste. So a very simple system. It's been around for over 100 years now. And, um, and you know, Thermos is very proud for their new models that are out, which are all stainless steel and very, very simple to use. That sounds very interesting, Alan. Are there other products in the range apart from cookers? We have a whole range of Thermos products. We, we represent Australia as the master distributor for the Shuttle Chef, which is the thermal cooker. But we are also a distributor for all the other range of Thermos products. And what we've been able to do is pick the eyes out of what Thermos have to offer. They do have thousands of products available. But because we're dealing with a, uh, a mobile industry, if you like, the caravan campers, four-wheel drivers, yachts, that sort of people, we've picked out of it those uh, Thermos products which would suit those people. And it's not just keeping things hot. You can keep things cool as well. It, it certainly is. The thing with a the Thermos, that vacuum insulated container means that you do not pass any heat or cold through the walls of the unit. You're only passing a very small amount through the lid. That's the three degrees an hour that you lose. And all thermos products actually work a lot better cold than what they do hot. They work incredibly well hot, but they work even better when they're cold. So you can actually, in our shovel chef, you can actually carry ice cream all day. If you've got ice in the bottom or you've chilled your saucepans down, it will stay cold just as well as it will stay hot when you initially put hot food in there. Sounds like shuttle chefs should be in everyone's kit whilst they're out and about or even at home. Well, it's interesting. Thermos didn't actually develop it for what we're using it for. Um, Thermos developed it as a home unit uh, and they have commercial models as, as well. But as a home unit, they make 26 different models and 24 of those models just look like an electric slow cooker. But of course, it doesn't require power. So you're able to uh, bring your meal up to the boil on the stovetop in the saucepan, put it inside the shuttle chef outer, close the lid down and just leave it on your dining room table. And when you are ready to eat, up to 12 hours later, most meals are ready in that first one to two hours, but up to 12 hours later, it's still going to be above food safe temperatures. So for busy mums or busy families, 10 minutes worth of work in the morning, leave it on the dining room table or obviously take it with you if you're travelling. And when you are ready to eat, whether it's lunchtime or dinner time that night, your meal is going to be perfectly cooked and food safe and ready for you. It's such a great concept and, and minimal power. So, Alan, what, what do you have for keeping the drink cold? Well, we actually have a very broad range. Um, but one of the nice things about it, and we find this with so many of our people traveling on the road, um, the happy hour situation is a very, very important part of the day. And it can start at 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock or sometimes even 2 o'clock. And what we've been able to do uh, is uh, utilise our water thermoses, ones that are meant to carry your cold water or cold drinks into it, so that you could actually put wine in it. And we have one in particular that's very, very popular with people, holds a whole bottle of wine and can keep it chilled 
for up to uh, 18 hours. So you can decant from your fridge, fill your water bottle up, uh, or wine bottle, should I say, uh, and take it to happy hour and not have to have an esky with you at all. And you also don't have to share that way. And nobody will know except for the wobbly boot on the way home. <laughs> ah, yes, the wobbly boot. And, and what, you reckon you can put water in it as well? <laughs> That's the funny thing about it. It was actually developed as a hydration model for water. And I do know that some of our people actually do put water in them. But it is, um, comes into its own in that happy hour situation when you are uh, in need of a drink and needing to keep it cold, especially if you're sitting out in the sun and there's a bit of warmth around. You know what happens to your wines. Once they get a little warm, they just don't taste the same. No, they definitely don't. Well, that, that's good. I'm, look, I'm going to have to look forward to getting one of those. I enjoy a nice chilled wine. Well, of course, the other thing is you can actually do your red wines. I mean, much as they say red wine should be drunk at room temperature, um, that's, you know, middle European, Mediterranean-type room temperatures. Here in Australia, that doesn't happen. So a lot of people do take the edge off their red wines, and, of course, you can then put red wine into the same container, and it will hold its temperature. So it doesn't get hotter on you when you're out in the, in the actual sun. Sensational. I hate a hot red. <laughs> Let's talk about some recipes. Okay. See, most people are concerned that they believe this is a new way to cook, whereas in actual fact, you do not have to change the way you cook at all. What you're going to change is when it is you cook it. So if you consider that, the saucepans are still saucepans. They've got a really heavy base on them. They'll fit onto any gas stove or an outside barbecue, weather queue, anything you like. So you're just going to treat the saucepans like an ordinary saucepan. But once you get your ingredients up to boiling, it can then go into the outer container and the thermos will do the cooking for you. What, what about a, a meal that we've, we've had a hard day travelling on the road and we've, we've finally got to our site, we're all set up and we're as hungry as anything and we don't really want to turn around and cook a meal, but because we've got our shuttle chef, we know that we're about to have for dinner what? Okay, well, how about we start with something simple, like a, a, a simple lamb or a beef stew, a casserole, if you like. And this is so simple and easy to do, and it really takes you about a maximum of 10 minutes in the morning to get it all ready. It's actually quicker than having breakfast and washing the dishes. Because remember, in the shuttle chef, you don't have to wash the pots. The pots have gone inside the shuttle chef. You'll only wash them at the end of the day after you've eaten your meal. So if we look at a simple lamb or a beef stew, if we take, say, 750 grams of um, chopped beef, uh, gravy beef or lamb, um, and you're going to cube that up into oh, about you know a centimetre, centimetre and a half, maybe two centimetre sizes, depending on how you'd like your meat to be, and you're going to put this into the bottom of your saucepan with some onions and a bit of oil, and you're going to fry the onions, you're going to brown that meat, to make sure you're sealing the outside of it and giving it that slight uh, you know, ability to melt any fat that's out of it there. Now, what I normally do in a situation like that is that I'll put um, uh, some couple of cloves of garlic all chopped up into that, maybe a stalk of celery all sliced up, um, a carrot if you like it, slice it into rings or cut it up into cubes. Um, I use potatoes, and normally when I'm doing potatoes, I'll take a small... Uh, small to medium washed potato, uh, and then quarter it. And that way I've got some nice big chunks of potato sitting into there. So all of this is going into that meal as well. 
Now, I'll put um, uh, a stock cube melted in about a cup of water. And that gives me the liquid that is around this meal because you do require liquid to transfer the heat. So I've got my meat in there. I've got my veggies in there. I've already fried the onions. I put my stock cube into there. Um, I usually do a tablespoon of soy sauce into it, uh, a little bit of salt and pepper, and then I uh, to thicken it. And one of the things with the shuttle chef is to make sure your meal is not a sloppy meal, if you like. I use either rice flour or I'll use barley. And in this case here, for a simple lamb or a beef stew, um, a, uh, a half a cup of barley is excellent because it will soak up all those juices and it will give you a, a, a thicker gravy, if you like, to the whole thing. So that whole lot there is just simmering away for about 10 minutes on the stovetop um, to make sure that everything in there has reached that same temperature. And the main reason it's 10 minutes, the potatoes need about 10 minutes if they're cut up to that size to get them nice and hot to the centre. So 10 minutes or so simmering on the stove gently and then I can put that whole saucepan into the shuttle chef and close the lid down and the shuttle chef will now complete the cooking. Now, the interesting thing is the vegetable part of that meal, as I mentioned before, will only cook while the temperature is higher than about 90 degrees. So as the temperature is dropping away gently, they will slow right down. Veggies will never become stewed or mushy on you, but the meat portion of that meal will continue to tenderize. And, of course, the barley will continue to soak up juices until the juices become nice and thick. So at the end of the day, when you are ready to eat, whether it's um, in three or four hours' time or whether it's at the end of the day, you've got a beautifully hot meal. The meat will be fall apart tender, but your vegetables will have their own shape, their own texture, their colour and their taste. You're making me awfully hungry, Alan. And it's an easy thing lunch. to do. <laughs> it's an easy thing to do. And I know for a lot of our travellers on the road, it's the anticipation. They've popped it on in the morning. And if they're uh, not morning people, you can chop all your meat and veg up the night before and have it in the fridge ready for you. And then it really is such a small job to put it all together. But a lot of our travellers on the road know that at the end of the day, they know what they've got coming. They can almost taste it, even though they can't smell it. They can almost taste it. We will continue our chat with Alan in our next episode with a couple of winter warmers. Coming up next, we talk van maintenance. But before we do... If you are in the South East Queensland region, the Jumpers and Jazz Festival in Warwick starts 18 July and runs for 10 days. Now let's welcome Cameron from Advantage Caravan Repairs in Victoria to the show. He's going to have a regular spot offering us all some tips, tricks and advice about maintenance repairs and what to look for when buying a van. Cam has been in the caravan industry for a number of years and has worked in service and repair and manufacturing. So let's kick off this segment with a general chat about maintenance. G'day Cam, welcome to Adventures on the Road. G'day Shane, it's good to be here mate. Okay, so we're going to talk about winter maintenance. Yes. What's one of the first things we should kick off with when we go to do our winter maintenance on our van? Wow. Basics, I suppose. First thing you want to do is perhaps wash your van to reveal everything that you, you might need to see. Get some of that dirt off and uh, clean all your leaf litter off and any dirt build up. And then, then you're, you're ready to at least start from a, uh, a clean slate. All righty. So, what 
we've, we've given the man a wash and a clean. What, what's our next step? Well, my first step, Shane, would probably be checking the J-moulds or corner moulds, which are the aluminium extrusions that are around the edges of your van. Uh, now, they pretty much seal both the walls to the roof and uh, are one of the major leak points. So checking the uh, seals on those where the silicon is is paramount to keeping the water out of your van. Okay, so some of those same moulds have like a rubber insert seal in them, is that right? That's correct, actually. If you've got the ability to, it's quite often a, a good thing to actually peel those out because they will come out and in, in again, no no worries. And just to check that the, uh, the screws underneath that actually screw the mouldings to the roof are all actually sealed as well because you get quite a lot of water ingress through those. Okay, so... Pull, pull the um, that, that sort of rubber mould out, make sure you go around, check all the screws, and then you obviously just put it, push it back in again. Correct, correct. You, uh, it's literally literally uh, held in, I suppose, by gravity. It's uh, <laughs> it's just just a case of sliding it back in. Okay. So how do we go about looking at the say the the windows? Uh, another good one, Shane. Uh, windows. Exactly the same uh, idea as, as the J-Molds we just talked about, checking the seals around those. All, all, all your accessories are going to have, have a seal around them. Um, it's just a good idea just to, to, on a regular basis, just check for any little little uh, holes or uh, some of the silicon that, that will seal it. Sometimes it gets a little brittle after, after a while in the sun, so if it's an older van, it's worth just giving it a little prod and... Uh, seeing what the seals are like. Now, when you say little prod, you, you're talking about just with your finger, right? Oh, exactly, exactly. You don't want to, you don't want to go too, too extreme. You, you'll be able to, to, to be able to see if, if it's flaky just by touching it with your finger. Okay, so, so is it basically the same thing then around the, the, any doors to the van? That, that, that's correct, that's correct. Uh, the, main, the main door is, is another, another one that, that we get quite a few leaks through. And of course, the the forward-facing surface of all of the all of the accessories that are sealed on the side of the van is always the most important. Not that every other surface isn't important, but uh, yeah, the, uh, the front accessory, of course, cops cops all the, the wind and rain as you're driving along, and uh, and can degrade a little little quicker than, than the, the rear side. But yeah, just another another. Quick look around the edges of where, where your, your door frame meets the van, and uh, check that seal there, and also just the uh, seal as you close your door. So make sure it's all lining up correctly and hasn't dropped or bent out of shape in any way, shape, or form. Okay, so the, the clearance lights and the tail lights and the, and the brake lights—all all these light fittings are on the outside of the van. Can can they be a problem? Uh, correct, actually. Uh, you hit the nail on the head with the clearance lights. The clearance lights, we get a, uh, a lot of a lot of water damage to wooden framed fans through cracked and broken clearance lights, especially the rear rear and front corners. It's I highly suggest if you do end up with a cracked or broken clearance light that you change them, get them changed fairly quickly, they can lead to some serious water damage to the back of the vans and uh, 
ending up needing the entire side of the van pulled apart to be able to just fix that one rear corner. So it can become a very costly issue. Same with the tail lights. Check for check for cracks, check for the, the seals around them all. Obviously, check for correct operation as well. They're one of the most important important things on your van is so you can let people see where you are and when you're stopping. So, yeah, generally you should be maintaining and keeping an eye on those every trip anyway, but uh, sometimes just the little water damage indicators don't show up unless you look a little closer. Okay, so what about some accessories you might have on the roof, such as, I suppose, what, air conditioning and, and, and solar panels? Yes, they are. Uh, the, the, the roof of the caravan is a fairly sight-unseen item for, for, for most caravanners. Yeah, the, the, one of the important uh, important ones, again, because, of course, everything from up top is going to end up down below. And, uh, yeah, just important if you've... If, if you're able to and you, you've got a, a sturdy ladder just to, to climb up and just have a bit of a peek on top and uh, once again, same with most of the other stuff, just sort of check the silicon, silicon around any of your hatches that are up there, any of the, any of your aerials or, or even your air conditioner. Your air conditioner is a little harder to check because the seal's usually tucked right in and under, but you'll probably notice a leak in your air conditioner from inside first anyway. Alrighty, so we've basically gone through and covered everything there, what we need to check our van for when we're at home during perhaps not doing any travelling, whether that be through winter or even through summer. You could do it any time of the year really, shouldn't you? Oh indeed, if you haven't if you haven't done it done it for a while it's it's worth just going over it no matter what time of year, mate. Is is it actually a good idea perhaps to have like a no monthly's too too is monthly too often, like every couple of months or uh, probably every couple of months. Depends how much travelling you're doing and I suppose the kind of travelling you're doing, kind of van you've got. Of course, an off-road van, you're going to be more susceptible to to causing damage. So I'd probably suggest that you you do a, a, a more more often check on, on an off-road van. But yeah, as often as you can, I, I, I would suggest. But yeah, every couple of months is probably a, a, a a good indicator for an on-road van. I'd probably go after every trip on an off-road van, just go over it, have a bit of a look. Yeah, I think that's something we quite often get too excited about, either getting away on the trip or getting back from the trip to, to go through and check over our van. So it's definitely a good thing to do. Well, Cam, I want to thank you for your time today. We look forward to having you on Adventures on the Road podcast on a regular basis to help us with all of our queries uh, of maintaining and looking after our van. That's no worries, Shane. I'm uh, great to be on board and uh, looking forward to the future. All right. Talk to you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks, mate. See ya. Well, that's all for this episode. But if you want to know more about the West Australian's northern goldfields that we spoke about last episode, there is a fantastic story in this edition of On The Road magazine. Subscribe at On The Road magazine com.au See more about us and this episode at adventuresontheroad.com.au and stay tuned in our next episode we launch a competition for you to win yourself a shuttle chef so subscribe to our podcast and you won't miss out on your chance to win until next time I'm Shane have a safe journey